Good afternoon to you as we welcome along our vet, Dr. Kimberly Earle. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thanks. What would you like to talk about today? A topic for us, please. Um, well, I meant to try to talk about arthritis last time, but we didn't get there. So we might try to broach that again, given that we're in the throes of winter and cold temperatures. And that's very good. So we'll talk about pet arthritis. And what about joining us from Barker's Invalence, Julie Tolliday, doggy daycare. Yes, I think we should continue the talk we were having last week about whether or not it's a good idea and what you need to look for for good quality. So that's my main topic. And we're going to talk to Tristan from Pepper Tree Wines about their pooch day that's coming up. Pet Chat this afternoon. Now, Julie, you've got a special guest joining us. I've got Tristan joining us from Pepper Tree Wines. Hi, Tristan. Hi, Julie. How are you going? Well, thank you. Now, there's a little bit of a story to today because last week we talked about the Dog Lovers Show in Sydney and we had a lady ring up and say, oh, it's too far to go. Is there anywhere that I can go locally? And voila, we've got somewhere to tell her that she can go up here. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, we're lucky that we're putting on the uh, pooch day on the 9th of August. Yes. So, yeah, it's a bit of a novelty. Um, it's a bit different to what uh, we would normally, uh, the normal type of event that we'd run in the Hunter Valley, but uh, it's more a pet friendly and family fun day so yes so how many times have you run this event uh this will be the actual fourth year of running the event itself um and the main i suppose reason for running the event is to sort of raise um awareness but also some funds for a non-profit sort of animal shelter as well um and sort of create um a bit of awareness about sort of how the industry itself um in the wine industry uh much loves their, their pets and animals. Yes, well, you were talking to me last week and saying that nearly every winery's got a dog there and the dog usually greets the people who come to the winery and they've even produced a book that, that reflects this. Yeah, that's correct. Every uh, every winemaker and every winery that I've been to, um, I'm always greeted by uh, the, the, the ambassador of the, the winery, so to speak, um, and it's normally the winemaker's dog and they definitely carry such personality behind them. So we've got our ambassador here which is Dexter and that's our chief winemaker's dog Scott Comans. Well people can come in and meet Dexter obviously but I've look I've heard of a few people who've gone to your day and have raved about it what is it that people are getting out of bringing their pooches to your winery that makes them want to come back? Uh, That's great to hear Um, so pretty much the day is um, as I said creating a bit more of a family fun relaxed day so people can come up to the site um, bring their pooch. Um, there'll be a range of storeholders available on the day to show, sh- showcasing a different range of sort of pet products and nice. um, luxury items. Um, and there'll also be the the Wonder Dogs and Dr. Katrina Warren doing some sort of shows and um, demonstrations. Um, this year we're raising money for uh, the Guide Dogs Association, so anyone that comes on board or comes to the day we're just sort of asking for a gold coin donation and um, there's a range of sort of great food that we're offering through uh, the site um, at Pepper Tree, but also there'd be some live music by a gentleman called Nick Saxon. Well, that sounds like a wonderful day out. Uh, are there any regulations around the sort of dogs that can come to this event? We just sort of say that uh, more sort of uh, social dogs and all dogs to be kept on a leash and sort of, uh, I suppose, pick up after themselves itself. We haven't had a problem um, in the other uh, three years of running the event and it's always been a social event. Um, but one of the cautious is, is that we must make sure that uh, dogs are, uh, are social and have attended sort of similar events like these before. Nice. Um, and look, the more that we have events like this, the more we're going to get dogs that are model dogs out in public.
take and they have that have good social habits. So, you know, that's great that you're giving people an opportunity for that. What are the hours on that day that you'll be open for this event? The the hours are ten thirty to three thirty, so it's a fairly it's more or less sort of running through the middle of the day, but it's a, it's a good time frame. So if anyone's coming from sort of Sydney or the outskirts of the area, that they've got enough travelling time to sort of make it. Oh, great, good timing. So of course it would not be a BYO event. I understand that. Correct. Can, can people bring their own like lunch, like a picnic lunch? Yeah. They, we, we encourage them to bring their, uh, their lunch and a, a rug or a chair, um, but sort of uh, obviously from an alcohol sort of point of view, Pevetry will be supplying tastings on the day and some great little purchases if they want, but uh, there'll be food offerings through uh, Contango and they've got our own coffee roasting facility on site so people can indulge in a, a hot beverage too. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, we do encourage them to, uh, if they would like to bring their own lunch or a picnic rug or a chair, uh, to do so as well. Well, that sounds great. That sounds like the hunter's answer to the dog lovers show in Sydney that we can't get to because they're going to get products, they're going to get entertainment, and probably even better, they can bring their own pooch and have a family day. That's correct. Absolutely. Now, is there... Sorry, you go. There'll be a great range of sort of storeholders available that are all local as well. And that's nice to know because they can follow up with them. So can people go to a website or anything to have a look at the details again? They can go to the Peppertree Wines website and the the day the Peppertree Pooch Picnic will be advertised and all the actual details for the day will be advertised within that. Um, A few local businesses will actually have some flyers that are going around and obviously all the storeholders. and we've also got um, some dates marked in the What's Happening section of a few of the local newspapers as well. Oh, fantastic. So it sounds like the word will be out there, and I hope that this has helped a bit. I'm certainly going to aim to be there myself, and oh, uh, it should be a great day. So That's thanks great. for talking to us, Tristan. No problem, Julie. Thank okay, you. Okay, thanks. Bye. And we're having a chat today about arthritis in our pets. Yeah, we thought we'd, um, well, last last time I was here, I thought we'd have a chat about it because we're into winter now. Um, so arthritis is a big issue for lots of our pets in winter, and it's not always just the oldies, but certainly the oldies are the ones that are, are more commonly affected. Um, and particularly, you know, everybody sort of understands the whole stiffness. You wake up in the morning and it's 14 degrees in the house and you're a little bit achy. And our pets, a lot of times, they're not sleeping in, you know, totally covered up in beds, although some, sometimes they are, depending on your household. Um, so some of the things we can do to make them a little bit more comfortable, okay? So we definitely, for dogs, we definitely want to make sure that they're sleeping not on the cold ground. So get them a bed where they're raised up off the ground, um, some nice warm blankets around them, because anything we can do to keep those joints nice and warm will actually help them not be quite as stiff. Um, you can even get your, um, you know, your little friend a, a little jacket or jumper. Our nurses call them PJs. Um, you know, put them in their PJs so that they're nice and warm through the cold parts of the night. And most of these dogs will sort of be stiff in the morning and then they sort of warm up out of it. So they don't probably need it as much during the day, but at nighttime it's really useful. Um, Then there's a lot of products and things that we can give our dogs to try to help them um, and things that we can do to try to make them more comfortable. So from a product standpoint that's not, um, say, a prescription product, we can do things like giving them fish oils, we can give them... Um, nutraceuticals like glucosamine supplementations. There's lots of veterinary ones around. Um, there are some formulas for human ones as well that you can give. You should probably speak to a, um, a vet about it. But um, those, they're not quick fixes and they, they aren't miracle cures, but they can really take the edge off of some of these patients. Um, 
And we certainly can use, there are some veterinary products, injectable things um, that we can give them to try to help sort of support the joint function. So reduce the inflammation, increase the lubrication of the joints, um, try to optimize the healing that we get. Weight loss in these guys is really, really important. One of the best things we can do for patients who are arthritic if they're overweight is to get them back to a lean body weight. And the majority of pets that we see are overweight. So we get a lot of people who come in and, you know, everybody loves to feed their pets with some treats, but, but sometimes that's actually, you know, to the pet's detriment. They like the taste of it just like we do, um, but if it's making them uh, stiff and sore and contributing to their pain, then really we should be thinking about the animal's best interest in getting them back down to a normal body weight. So your veterinary practitioner would be able to help you with that. Um, a lot of vet hospitals have you know, sort of weight loss programs for dogs, things like that, um, worthwhile speaking to them and trying to get them down to a normal body weight. And then for those dogs that still need a little bit of extra help, um, there are prescription medications that can be really, you know, beneficial and useful. Some dogs will require them um, on a daily basis. Some might just, you know, benefit from having some at home. And if they're having a stiffer sore day, you can sort of look at them. There's um, non what we call NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. So these are usually medications that you give um, usually no more frequently than once a day. Uh, and they are like you or I taking um, an ibuprofen or a, a nerf in that sort of thing. Um, they have some contraindications, so they're certainly not, um, the reason they're prescription is because you can't just give them willy-nilly, so they definitely require a veterinary um, prescription and they definitely require a veterinary consult to make sure that your patient is suitable for it or your pet's suitable for it. Um, but they can be really helpful for these cases. Um, then we also have some non- um, uh, non-anti-inflammatory drugs that are just straight painkillers. Um, those sorts of things can be useful for the patients that really aren't suitable for those non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And then there's another option in some cases, depending on why your dog is stiff or sore, um, and some of those patients will respond to surgery. Um, so we can do surgery sometimes to, if you've got a, um, you know, a bone on bone, you've lost cartilage in a hip joint, we can actually take the ball joint away from the hip joint. And that, although it renders the dog that um, they change their gait a little bit, but it can actually make them pain-free. And so there are some options like that. So, you know, there's a lot of good things that can be done. Um, but for anybody who thinks, looking at their dog going, mm, you're a little bit stiff and sore, the first thing is have a really good hard think about what their weight is doing and then look at getting them some nice warm fluffies and speak to your vet if you've got any questions or concerns. Do the smaller dogs still suffer with arthritis as much as the bigger dogs? Sure, yeah, they, they certainly do. Um, we don't necessarily notice it as much, and because a lot of the little dogs that are certainly a higher proportion of them are sleeping in you know people's beds and things like that, we maybe don't notice it as much. But on a clinical exam, if I palpate through their um, through their hip joints, down the spine, into the knees, um, we quite often still pick up you know evidence of arthritis. Ar arthritis is a diagnosis you really can't make without having x-rays but we use it as a term we sort of go oh yeah there's stiffness soreness or there might be some clicking in the joints or um, you know they don't have the same range of motion and we kind of use arthritis as a term um, to describe that technically you can't really diagnose it without x-rays and, and certainly getting some x-rays to evaluate the extent of the disease is sometimes really worthwhile can make you know give us a really good indication of what's going on um, but yeah so certainly the little dogs will get it as well and cats um, surprisingly cats will get it quite a bit too my experience is that a lot of cats will get back pain um, so they may not get it the same way in the um, hip joints or in the knee joints of the back legs but often cats will get arthritis in the back and if you x-ray them you can see that they've got some real issues in the back so Kathy joins us now from Spears Point for our vet which is Dr. Kimberly Earl. Hi, Kathy. How can I help? Hello. Um, my daughter, Tanya's got um, a lovely cat, black and white cat, Buddha. Now, it's a house cat, and um, she will, you know, take it outside and um, 
let it on a lead because it gets like not sure about outside. But yep. it will eat heaps of grass mm-hmm. and then come inside and fuel the grass up. So right. what is happening? Um, well, it, traditionally dogs often use grass. They, they'll eat um, grass to try to you know give them a bit of roughage in the stomach to actually instigate a vomit. Um, and so it's quite possible that the cat is doing the same thing. Um, some cats like to eat grass, and you know even people will sometimes grow. Um, uh, what do you call them? Pots of cat grass and things like that, and the cats will like to eat them. And if they tolerate it, it's not a big issue. Um, it's possible that the cat's disliking the taste of the grass, eating it, but then the roughage and the, and the harshness of it is making it vomit. It's also possible that there's something else going on, and that the cat maybe has a sensitive stomach and um, is, you know, vomiting because there's something else going on in the tummy, and it's eating the grass because of that. Um, if it vomits at any other times, you know, if it's just that it's eating the grass and vomiting, I wouldn't be too worried about it you can certainly just stop the cat from eating the grass it it gets really excited when i come around you know it it looks for me to give it a little um sprig of grass yep yeah and it'll play with it and chew it up and right and it's not uh, it's not vomiting um at other times is it vomiting you know no nothing like that yeah when when the cat's let outside and um and, and um just rummages around It'll eat the grass and then come back inside and just vomit it all up. Yeah, yeah. I I think really the only way to stop that's probably going to be to prevent the the grass ingestion. And it might be dose dependent, but it might just be that any amount of grass in there is going to cause a bit of upset and bring it back up. Just like Kathy did, you could give us a call for Pet Chat, (laughs) 49216216. Michael's with us now from Wood Rising. Hi, Michael. You've got a golden retriever, have you? Yep. 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 Gorgeous dog. 12 years old. Yes, yep. And she's been a bit smelly, um really smelly okay yes and i took her to the vet for a big groom and they advised me that she's got um infection in a vulva okay yes yep and they told me that i should um clean her out twice a day with some saline just spray it around and wipe mm-hmm. it off right and um use some neocort okay so i did that for about two weeks but i noticed she was dragging it on the ground in the park yesterday and had a look and it's all still the same it's a very brown discharge Right. Is she the fur. washes out easily. Okay. Is she a desexed dog? Yeah. Yes, she's desexed, so that's good. And is she overweight at all? Does she have skin folds around that back area? No, not really. She's no. been a steady weight her whole life, around about thirty four kilos. Okay, yeah. yeah. So so you know, I think um if you're concerned about it, if it's not clearing up, then it may be worthwhile, you know, having a reassessment with the vet if, if it's been a little bit of time. You know, sometimes these things will, will take sort of seven to ten days to clear up. But if you're not happy with how it's progressing, it's certainly worthwhile having her reassessed. And, um, and if it's serious, then it may, not serious necessarily, but it may require something more systemic, like a systemic antibiotic. Um, it's also possible, you know, there are some... Um, internal things that can happen. We can get polyps and um, growths and things like that up there that can um, start to cause a discharge. So at some point, it might be worthwhile doing some further investigation as to what's going on, whether it's just, you know, around the surface and she's not cleaning herself as well as she used to, um, or or if there's actually something happening there that's discharging. Uh, so definitely worthwhile, you know, give, give it a try of what your vet has um, recommended. But if that's not working, then go back to them and say, okay, we've done this, we've given it a good shot, um, mm-hmm. still not helping. 
helping, what can we do now to, you know, to go from here? So, um, but definitely making sure that she's not too heavy because around that back area, we do sometimes get skin folds and 12 year old dogs, arthritis, you know, she may not be able to get around and clean herself as well as she used to. If she's got a bit of back pain or, um, or lower hip pain, that's certainly a possibility as well. Yeah, she's got a bit of arthritis and she has those three monthly injections. I forget what they're called. Yeah, yep, yep, the pentasan injections or cartrophin injections. Yeah, that's good. That's a useful sort of thing for her. Um, cleaning her up, you know, there are some um, medicated baths that you can use to, to sort of wash her that might have a bit of antifungal action in that area as well. Um, you could speak to your vet about that. That might be helpful for her. Okay, thank you okay. very much. You're welcome. Good luck. From Barker's Imbalance, Julie Tolliday is here. Julie, we're talking about uh, doggy daycare. We are indeed. Sounds like a great idea, can be a great idea, but the, probably the best advice I could give is that people need to do their homework to find out uh, quite a few things about the facility. And we talked about last week about knowing your dog. Some dogs are suited to go into groups and play with other dogs. Some dogs really don't want to do that. They're a little bit shy. Uh, also, the staff who are looking after your dog, what's the ratio of people to, to dogs? And do those people have a bit of education about uh, doggy um, body language, uh, appropriate play styles, uh, wet, being able to tell whether or not a, a dog is stressed? Because some people will say, oh, my dog went to daycare and it came home. It was so tired. It slept for hours and hours and hours. For some of those dogs, it's an exhaustion from watching their back the whole time because they haven't had a good time there at all. The other two points that I didn't mention last week were the actual facility. It's worth checking out the facility, asking if you can watch where the dogs are housed. Uh, is there lots of room for the dogs to move around? Are there places that your dog can opt out, a cosy corner, a little box where they can get away from the action? Is it safe like floor surfaces? Can the dogs be inside and outside? Um, are there any places that a dog could snag or get injured? And... Are the dogs given during the day the opportunity to go away and sleep? Because dogs do need to sleep in the daytime. They need a good block of time to have a good deep sleep. And the other dogs that are in the centre, you need to ask, are they evaluated? Uh, do, does the centre look after size differences between the dogs that come in? Uh, it's not a healthy environment to put little dogs in with big dogs. Big dogs that maybe are more prey-driven uh, shouldn't be in with little dogs wandering around. The, the, one of the, my favourite uh, dog behaviourists, whose name is Patricia McConnell, she's on the North American continent, she also says, interview the staff and ask them what you want to know and ask, can I watch for an hour or so and see what's going on in this doggy facility. The reason this came into my special interest over the last couple of weeks is that there has been big news in Sydney of a doggy daycare centre where, where a little dog was actually killed while it was in care. There was a bit of a cover-up, it looks like, because the dog was attacked by another dog. By the time the vet investigated, did an autopsy, the dog didn't die of a little heart attack, like they said. The dog died of massive injuries from being shaken and bitten. Mm, that's awful. So, you know, it's you need to really ask your questions. There are great daycare centres around, so but do your homework. It is our Pet Rescue Animal of the Week, and what do we have? I think it's a pussycat today, isn't it? It is indeed. It's a pussycat with a lovely name, Betty, and she's a four-year-old 
um, grey, white and fawn-coloured cat. She, They say here that she's a very sweet girl with a gentle nature and it sounds like she's very adaptable to anything that because she lives with cats, dogs and children. You'd have to be pretty adaptable for that. Uh, super special lady, they say, and deserves a super loving home full of love. Her story is that she came into care uh, pregnant with kittens and had to have an emergency C-section. All the kittens went because they're cute and fluffy and she's just waiting to find her forever home from all that she's been through. It would be lovely that if somebody took her on, uh, needs someone to give her a chance and she'll give you all the love in the world, they say. Her adoption fee is $120 and she comes with everything done. So she's desexed, microchipped, vaccinated, $120, and I think she'd be a beautiful pet. You can phone Anita from Cat Rescue Newcastle. Anita's on 0400-107-603, and that's Cat Rescue Newcastle. Okay, more details from there. We can find out all about that. Definitely. And there's a picture up on our website. Yep. We can go and have a look at this pretty little pussycat, Betty. Yes. Sounds nice. Now, your calls are on 49216216 for Pet Chat. Our vet is Dr. Kimberly Earl. And joining us now from Bishop's Bridge is Richard. Richard, hello. How can I help you? Oh, good afternoon. Thank you very much for taking my call, Kimberly. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, uh, love, I've got a um, uh, Maltese cross uh, Shih Tzu, curly hair, uh, male, and he's uh, nearly eight years old. Okay. Um, last few weeks, he's been shaking his head and scratching at his right ear. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I thought it was, uh, you know, might have been a mite problem. Right. And uh, I went and bought the ear uh, canker drops, is it? Right, yep. And uh, started using them. Okay. And uh, it, it had stopped for a while and then back on again. Yeah, okay. And I uh, started noticing all inside his uh, right ear was all brown, like waxy. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, I also bought the uh, skin and ear uh, cleansing solution. Yeah. Uh, but no, it... Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So listen, Richard, unfortunately, most of the time, dogs don't have mites. It's much more common in cats. Dogs can get them, but we don't see it very often. Um, okay. So canker treatments aren't very useful in dogs most of the time. Um, right. And trying an ear cleaner, sometimes in a mild infection, will work. But it sounds like your little dog is going on um, a bit too long now, and she probably, he, sorry, probably needs um, an actual, you know, sort of prescription strength medication. So normally, okay. if you were coming into my practice, what we would do is to um, try to examine the ear, you know, with an otoscope, go down and have a look and see what kind of yep. condition the ear is in, whether the eardrum is still intact or not. And then we're yep. usually going to take a sample with a, um, a cotton bud, put it onto a microscope, because really what we need to determine is whether or not this is a bacterial infection or a yeast infection with malassezia yeast, because we sometimes treat them a little bit differently. Um, And then depending on the severity, you know, we're usually going to put them on um, some medicated drops, so a prescription strength medicated drop, sometimes with an ear cleaner, sometimes with an oral antibiotic, sometimes with some anti-inflammatories. It really depends on the case and how severe it is. And it also depends on the condition of the eardrum, whether the eardrum is um, seen to still be intact or not. Um, So it sounds like you've tried all the stuff that you can do on your own. I would think um, probably getting her up to see your local vet him sorry up to see your local vet um, is worthwhile at this stage because certainly ear infections can tend to get progressively worse and and can lead to rupturing your ear, eardrums and things like that yeah he's um uh, he's he's my he's my little mate yeah um, 
He's, yeah. a, he's a lovely, intelligent, so intelligent little boy. I bet. And, um, yeah, I need to uh, progress, I think. Yeah. All right. So All get right. him up to your vet, and I'm sure um, within a few days probably things will be looking up for him. Good luck. Thank you so much for giving us a call, Richard. We do this every Wednesday from midday to one. It's Pet Chat at 2 in your RFM. Now, Kimberly, you've been talking this morning about arthritis. Yeah. What about arthritis in young younger animals? Can that happen? Yeah, it absolutely can for a number of reasons. So um, if you look at my dog, she's an eight-year-old coming up to eight next month, Golden Retriever. Um, and despite all the best breeding and things in the world, she actually has developed some um, elbow dysplasia. And so she started showing signs of that when she was about 15 months of age, and it's sort of been waxing and waning. She's eight now and she's on, um, you know, sort of permanent anti-inflammatories and we keep her weight down and we give her um, various arthritis injections and things like that. Um, in fairness, you know, I, we're doing as much as we can for her at this stage, but probably um, she's not going to be the longest lived dog in the world because I think at some point that's going to get too too much for her. So we definitely can see congenital problems that they're born with or that they develop. Um, post-injury, cruciate ligament ruptures um, are really common in dogs and they can lead to arthritis um, down the track or lots of little dogs have what we call a luxating patella syndrome where their kneecap um, slides to the inside of the leg. And if that goes on for a long time, that can cause arthritis as well. So some of those dogs, if we get them early and get some surgery on them, we can actually prevent that arthritis from coming on. So it's not just the old dogs, um, but yeah, definitely you know worthwhile if your dog's got any stiffness, soreness, lameness, limping injuries, worthwhile getting them into your vet. Because once arthritis has developed, it's hard to treat. Just quickly, very yeah. quickly, 15 seconds if you could. Yeah. Signs that we look for that our dog may have mm-hmm. early stages of arthritis. So, so limping, um, the stiffness that they, you know, sort of warm up out of out of the day, that's a pretty good one. Um, also licking at a limb. Sometimes if they've got a sore, my dog's sore elbow, she licks at that front paw on the right side. So sometimes that's the only sign we see.